and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are now on the second Sunday of Apostles, the second Sunday of Shlihat. And as we go forward, right, here we are, last week we're celebrating Pentecost, this descent of the Holy Spirit that enters into our hearts, this Holy Spirit that is constantly at work in us, this Holy Spirit that is constantly drawing us closer to God, constantly calling us to the church to receive the sacraments and continue to grow in Jesus Christ. But the more we grow in Jesus Christ, we remember that we cannot keep Jesus Christ to ourselves, but we go out and we preach Him who has changed our lives forever. As we remember that central fact, there is something to keep in mind about today's gospel story. And we hear it all the time. There's no way that I can be a Christian. There's no way that I can be a good Christian, a good follower of Jesus. And I hear this over and over again. You know, here I am, my life is just too full of my past, too full of my sins, too full of all these things that I've done that I am ashamed of. And how is it that I can present myself to church in front of others, in front of whatever it might be? How is it that now I can even become a disciple of Jesus? And Jesus gives us a story, right? In the Gospel of Luke today, He gives us a story in which we truly reflect on the different attitudes that we have when it is that we come to meet the person of Jesus, right? Remember, the Gospels are all about an encounter. It's all about meeting a person. Whenever it is we read the Bible, whenever it is that we read the Gospels, Gospel literally means, again, good news. It means we are encountering, we are meeting somebody, we are meeting a person, and that person is Jesus. And these stories are meant to touch our hearts in that way. As we reflect today on the mercy of God, we reflect today on the story that Luke gives us. Yeah? We reflect, as we reflect on this story, we reflect on that great mercy that Jesus continues to show us, and how it is that we need to realize that we are in need of this mercy if we are to grow in our relationship with God. There is no other way around it. If we do not realize that we are sinners, if we do not realize our sin, that becomes the greatest sin in our life. To not realize that we need work to do on our own selves. And so we are presented with the story. And so in, God, in the gospel today, Luke is painting a picture. Here is Jesus at first talking about the Pharisees. If you remember, the Pharisees are the ruling class of the Jews, the ones who are kind of making all the rules about religion for the Jews and making it very difficult upon the Jews because there are just so many laws to follow. And so here they are, they feel threatened about Jesus and they continue to try to trap him. They continue to try to find him doing some sort of wrong to point him out, to say, you are not the son of God, you are not the prophet, you are not who you say you are. And they're trying to discredit him to try to kind of throw him off to the wayside. And so here is now today, Jesus, who's saying that everything it is that I tell you, you don't understand. Here is John the Baptist who comes to you, and you dismiss him. Here is me who comes to you, and I'm telling you everything it is that you're supposed to do, and yet you dismiss me. You don't realize the need of me in your life. And then he goes on. And as he goes on, he is invited by a certain Pharisee named Simon. Simon invites him into his home. Here's this Pharisee, invites him into his home, and he invites him, and as he invites him, he's, they sit outside, they're probably, Simon is probably a rich man, and so here he is, he has a big house, in the middle of the house was this open courtyard, they probably ate outside. Whenever it was a rabbi would go to eat at the house of a well-distinguished person, 
Generally, the invitation would be open to the entire town. The entire town would come in and leave as they saw fit in order to listen to the words of the rabbi, to Jesus, the teacher. And so here it is, they're listening to his words, and this probably explains why it is that there is this woman who approaches him. But three things are to happen when it is that a rabbi enters into a house. Someone who's well distinguished, someone who is well known, someone who is of, of great honor. When he comes into a house, there are three things that are to happen um, in Israel when these things, when these events happen. The first is that as the guest enters into the house, they are to be greeted with a hand on the shoulder and a kiss on the cheek. Especially when it is that a rabbi, rabbi such as Jesus, is to enter into a house, this is the first mark of respect that is to be given. A kiss on the cheek. An acknowledgement of respect. We do the same thing today as Chaldeans. When we meet someone who is our elder or a good friend, we kiss him on the cheek to show that respect. The second is that the roads of Israel are very dusty, they're filled with dirt, and so as you're walking, everyone's only wearing sandals, right? And so as your feet get dusty, as you enter into someone's house, that, that person who's invited you, has invited the guest, is to wash your feet, to pour cold, cool water over the feet, to wash away the dirt. The third thing is that ointment, or incense, sweet-smelling incense, is to be put upon the forehead of the guest, to show them their significance, to show them how much it is that they're respected and they're well-loved. We're told in the gospel, Simon does none of that. Simon does absolutely none of that. None of those three marks of respect are done, and it's probably because Simon could care less about Jesus. It's probably because Simon just kind of sees himself as, here I am, you know, I know everyone in the town, I want to invite Jesus just to say that I invited Jesus. Just to boast about it. Just to say that I am this great collector of celebrities, and that everyone can come to my house and see what kind of a good guy that I am. He has no need. And so as it is that Jesus is sitting there, what happens next? A woman of the, of the city, or a prostitute, comes and meets Jesus. She hears that Jesus is there. She hears that he's there. She's trapped in darkness. She's trapped in slavery. She's trapped in this way of life that she's really just seeking to kind of claw her way out of, but she can't figure out how to get out of it. And so when she hears that Jesus is coming, that, she's going to be at the that he's going to be at the Pharisee's house, she goes there. And as she goes there, she begins to look at Jesus, and she begins to cry these tears, these, these flow of tears that just cannot stop, and they begin to fall on the feet of Jesus. And as they fall on the feet of Jesus, she begins to wipe them away with her hair. A sign of a loose woman. You see, whenever it is that a Jewish woman were to get married, they would generally tie their hair. But when hair was unbound, it was a sign of disrespect, a sign of a loose woman. But she doesn't care who sees. She doesn't care what's going on around her. She doesn't care that everyone around her is talking about her. And then she gives what is the most costly to her, what costs the most to her, that jar of ointment, that jar of perfume. She begins to pour it on his, on his feet, that very costly jar that probably would have been a year's worth of wages, a year's worth of money. She begins to pour it on his feet. And as this happens, everyone around 
Jesus begins to speak about Jesus. If only Jesus knew what kind of a woman this was, he would not allow it. If only he knew. If only he knew how bad she was. If only he knew there is no way that he can be anything. There's no way he can be a prophet. There's no way he can be a man of God. There's no way that he can be what it is that he claims to be. But there's a lesson here. There's a lesson that I want us to pay attention to. Two things. When we meet the person of Jesus, there's either two reactions that we can have. You can either kind of see Jesus and say, Oh, you know, I, I really don't need of him. I can really kind of just kind of go through the motions. I can really just kind of see him for what he is. And, and maybe he's a great teacher. He says some nice things. Of course, I respect him because I've been taught to respect him as I grow older. But do we really see a need for him? Simon invited him over to his house. Why? To eat dinner because he was just interested in having him over just to say that he had him over, just to boast about it. But he didn't pay any sign of respect. He really didn't give him any honors. And he really saw no need of Jesus. He just saw him as another guy, another rabbi. He saw no need of him at all. And then we see the woman. The woman comes to his feet and those tears are flowing. Those tears are falling on the feet of Jesus and she does not stop kissing them. She realizes her sin and she realizes her great need of Jesus. She realizes that the only way out of this is to truly worship the one living God. But the only way to do that is to realize your sin. You see, the greatest sin, I think, is to realize that you don't have any sin. Is to realize that you don't need Jesus. I want us to get into the habit as, as it is that we are going towards God, as St. Paul tells us today, as we're going towards God, we have to realize what we are. We have to realize how it is that we are sinning and how it is that we need to work on ourselves in order to really truly realize that we need God now more than ever. Before we are to go out there and evangelize, before we are to go out there and teach others who Jesus is, do we have Jesus in our own hearts? Do we know the sins of our own hearts? Do we realize it? Or do we go through the day and be like, you know, I'm not that bad. I do that, sure, I, you know, I might do this and that and this, but who doesn't do that, this or that? No, no. Don't focus on another. Focus on yourself. The greatest saints in history are those who realized that their sin was so great, they couldn't handle it anymore. And they realized how much it is that they needed Jesus. My brothers and sisters, I want to suggest something. And it's very beautiful. At the end of every day, as you, you know, you pray before you sleep, or you, you get up in the morning, I want you to reevaluate if you pray in the morning, the day before. I want you to, if you pray at night, reevaluate the day as it went by. How did my day go? What is it that I did wrong? What is it that I did right? What is it I need to work on? Where is it that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, but I didn't pay attention? Where was it that I could have done better? And what can I work on for tomorrow? Put that at the forefront of your mind. Be conscious of it. And where it is that we mess up, one of the most beautiful things is to go to confession. To bring those things before God, to say to God, here it is, I'm bringing, bringing these things before you because I realize I have a great need of you. I realize that without you, I can do nothing. To not realize your sin is to close the door on God. But to realize your sin, strangely enough, in the Christian life, 
It's more and more of us growing towards God and more and more of us understanding how it is that we are dependent upon Him, how much it is that we love Him. The more we grow in His love because we realize how much it is that we need Him. Examine. Examine what it is that happened throughout your day. Examine how it is we can be better Christians so that each and every day we preach Christ. Christ risen from the dead and Christ who died for our sins. Amen?